Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real-life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This is the show where we talk about changing our life by changing our thoughts. And changing your life doesn't have to be some big, grand, sweeping thing that you do. Changing your life by changing your thoughts can be something as simple as finding relief in your days, um, finding better ways to navigate your days by the thoughts that you're thinking. Um, It can mean a lot of different things. And on the show every week, my intention is to bring you topics, to bring you guests, to bring you new ideas and perspectives that you can apply in your own life to really start to take control of your thoughts, to be the one who's running the show instead of letting those thoughts just run on autopilot and really offering suggestions and ideas for you to improve how you're living your life. And I used to say this on the show all the time. I don't say it often as much, but Um, my intention is for you to take what works for you in all of these episodes and leave the rest. Um, nothing I'm telling you is a prescription. All it is, is a suggestion. Um, I, I, most of the things I talk about, I have done in my own life. Um, if there's guests on the show who maybe have examples and and they share them, but anything I bring to you individually is something I've done in my own life, something that's worked for me, something that I offer to you as a different perspective or way to do something in your own life. So, um, I hope that, that you find that beneficial. That's my intention anyway. That's why I do the show. And so um, I hope you find value in that. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on in, any of the shows, especially the, what I'm going to talk about today. Um, you can email me sloanfremont at pm.me and you can let me know what you think. I am always looking for feedback. So please don't hesitate to do that. So today, what I want to talk about is doing things you don't want to do, (laughs) which may seem like a very weird topic or something like, why would I even listen to this if it's you're talking about something that I don't want to do? Um, But I think you'll find what I'm going to share with you today is a story from my own life that you might find this will be helpful in yours. Um, So if you follow me on social media, you probably know that my dad passed away very unexpectedly a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm still dealing with all of that. And, um, I didn't mean to cry, but, um, so I'm still dealing with that and really navigating all that grief, everything that comes with that. And what I learned, what I've, I've learned so much, but one of the things that, um, that I've noticed this pattern within myself is that, uh, and I've talked about this so much on the show about my, my fear of being alone, like how the word alone um, used to just bring up so much like anguish in me and so much pain in me because of, of how that word felt to me and exploring that over the years and what that really, what that means, like, and, and why that has the, the charge that it has. And one thing that I know about myself is my pattern is that I'm always looking for a way to escape, or I'm always looking for a way to withdraw. I'm always looking for some reason in some way to escape, especially in relation, my relationship with seems with my boyfriend, even though that's not what I say I want, but yet that old pattern is still there where it's this, um, when I'm, when I'm in fear or, um, you know, anxiety or something, my pattern is to withdraw as a way of preserving myself or, you know, not hoping not to get hurt. 
And so in that, that withdraw, um, obviously that gets me the thing that I say that I don't want, right. About being alone. And what I've also come to learn is that withdraw over, over time can fracture things, right. It fractures relationships. It fractures friendships. It even fractures. Like if I think about now getting back into everything, um, after what recently happened, like I, I withdraw from those things, like such as this podcast, causes a fracturing, right? And sometimes that fracture can't be repaired. And so the doing things that I don't want to do has been really the only way that I can move forward in a way that's, um, that gets, that gets me some relief from the grief. And so I I was thinking about this, about doing things I don't want to do because, um, I don't want to do anything to be honest with you after what, what I, what's happened. And I don't want to do anything, but I don't want to stay in the grief 24 seven either because there, there, there comes points where I can't stand that anymore either because it's so much, it's so much pain. And so I was talking to, um, I'm working with a counselor for this now. And I was talking to her about this, about how, um, this, this pattern I have of being alone and, and wanting to withdraw. And when I'm, you know, when I'm, um, sad or scared or hurt or whatever it is. And then, and we were talking about the fracturing of that. And then I was talking about, um, I don't want to do anything. And we had a nice conversation about this. And, and this is the reason why I wanted to bring this up today, because when something happens in your life like this, what I'm going through experiencing such painful grief, or this really could be anything. And and you're at a point where you feel like you don't want to do anything. Getting up and doing something is, is the only thing that's going to help move you forward, right? That taking one, one, one step at a time, one day at a time. And, And I know that seems so cliche, but it's the only way I know how to explain it, given what I'm going through. And this inside of doing things that I don't want to do are, 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 requiring myself to get up and do things that I don't want to do. When, when we were first talking about this, that was something I had never considered before because I've lived alone for most of my adult life. So I never do anything I don't want to do. Like very rarely do I do something I don't want to do. I don't have anybody here, you know, asking things of me most of the time. Um, my boyfriend is still, we're not living together at this time. So, um, you know, I, I very rarely do things that I don't want to do. So this, this concept to me, to help me get through my days after this of doing things that I don't want to do, getting up and doing something that I don't want to do was so foreign to me because I was like, why would I do that? I I don't want to do that. Nobody's here to suggest otherwise. So why would I do that? But day in and day out of laying in bed or feeling consumed was not getting me anywhere either. Right. And so so what I realized with this, that, that, that getting, forcing myself to get up and at least do one thing that I didn't want to do was actually the way that I got myself to at least feel slightly better given what I'm going through. And I, when my mom first, my mom actually was the one that said this to me because she said she makes herself get up and do one thing in the morning, like makes herself just get up and do one thing. And when she told me that, I, I, I remember thinking, wow, like her inner voice is so mean. Like that's why is she being so mean to herself? And then I realized that's actually the way that she's loving herself because that is a, that is an act of self-love to get up and do something you don't want to do when you're in so much grief and, um, being able to 
I, I, so I found within my own self that doing this, getting up and doing something as simple as taking my dog for a walk actually put my day, my, my, the path for my day on a, on a, on a much better tra- trajectory than it had been going. And the doing things that you don't want to do, I think, especially as I was talking with my boyfriend about this, especially something that was healthy for you in the past, right? Like exercise, walking the dog, for example, or going to work out or making yourself like a healthy, nice meal, right? Like something like that. Like those things are so important in a situation when you're in grief, when you're in suffering, when you're ha- when something so unexpected and terrible happens. Um, but do it, doing those things, you may not feel like doing them, but you're going to feel better on the other side of it, right? Like I wasn't eating. I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Right. And it was terrible. I felt even more terrible on top of the grief that I already felt. So this pattern of myself of recognizing that I, I retreat and move, like find an excuse for a way to be alone. I realized was, it was starting to go like full force here right now with what I'm going through. But then also I wasn't doing anything about it because I didn't want to do anything. So I had to, I have to consistently remind myself every day that even if I don't want to do it, as long as it's healthy for me, I need to at least push myself to do it. And I'm not talking about doing it in a way that like I'm beating myself up or I'm like putting myself like, like wearing myself completely down to nothing because I'm very exhausted right now. Grief is very exhausting. If nobody's ever told you that it, it really is. And so there's times where I just can't do anything and I have to recognize that too. But there's also times where I, 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 I can't anymore lay in bed all day. So that's not helpful for me either. So what's that middle ground, right? Like where can I go in the middle where I'm um, starting to do something again to make myself feel at least to get some relief from the grief, I guess how it might be the best way I would describe it. So forcing myself to get up and do things that I don't want to do is what I have found has been working. So I I bring this topic up today also for anybody who's facing grief or dealing with something like this. Encouraging yourself to do things that you don't want to do can be helpful. As I said, I live alone. So doing this was such like, yeah, right. Like, why would I do that? Like, I never do anything I don't want to do. But I'm finding that when I'm requiring this of myself, I feel better on the other side of it. And it got me realizing, I think if somebody, if if you've lived alone for a long time, you can probably relate to this. When you're interacting with other people and they're asking you to do things or they want you to go do something and you don't want to do it, right? You're so used to saying no because you don't, because it's something you wouldn't, you you don't want to do. And you're so used to not having anybody there to ask those things of you that you'll start to, I'm starting to see at least in my own life where maybe there's other places where I can even if I don't want to do something, it's if it's for the good of the relationship, let's say, right? If my boyfriend wants to go, I don't know, out to eat or watch a movie or something, and I try to make up all these excuses why, well, doing something like that, that's good for our relationship, right? Getting us out of the house, getting us to go do something together, getting us to have an experience where we can... Um, you know, have that time together is really important because sitting around the house all day, staring at each other can, you know, obviously that's not a good thing. Um, you need some variety. You need some, some different things in your life. So being able to do something that I don't want to do again, as long as it's healthy or positive for me has helped me to see that in other areas of my life where I was saying no to things because I was so used to do not doing things that I wanted that I didn't want to do. And saying no, I think also cut off some experiences that I could have in the relationship. It cut off experiences of trying something new. It cut off, um, just opening my, you know, my, 
my views on things in a different way. So again, I bring this up today to you to consider doing things that you don't want to do. Again, as long as they're positive and healthy, I'm not talking about, you know, obviously I'm not talking about negative things, talking about beneficial things for you that you may not feel like doing, but getting up and doing those things, at least right now for me, where I'm at is helping me get to the other side. So I wanted to talk about that today. I I don't feel like I can talk any longer today um, because I might cry. So (laughs) I'm going to wrap it up today. Um, but again, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you've experienced this in your own life, I would love to hear from you. You can email me Sloan Fremont at pm.me. I'll link, I'll put my email in the show notes as well as all of my social media. And, um, I really hope to hear from you because I would love to, to get your thoughts, get your feedback, see what maybe you've experienced, and maybe you can help me, um, with, with some of your insights. So please reach out Sloan Fremont at pm.me. You've been listening to the create what you speak podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. You can check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.